bad as this person, or I could be doing these things. Are we defensive or are we humble when people come to us and point things out, perhaps sin in our lives? Because here's what I'll tell you. Pride has a way in seeing the faults in others far before seeing it in yourself. And I know this is true in my own life, and Jesus himself understood this. That's why he says, make sure that you take the log out of your own eye before you worry about the speck in someone else's. Because so often, it's easy to point our fingers at other people in our pride and to say, well, they have issues that I don't have. Or their issues are worse than mine. And we so often see the faults in others before we see them even in ourselves. That is a sign, perhaps, of pride in your life. Even think about this. If you are quick and you're consistently looking for faults in others, or or right now you could think of people in your life and you've got a laundry list of all of these critiques and you're just critical and you're often, you know, pointing things out and saying they could be doing this better or can you believe they did that? That is a sign of pride. Because again, pride has a way of seeing the faults in others before it sees it in yourself. You have to be teachable and humble, not defensive, rejecting the correction and feedback from others. Here's another sign of pride in your life is when you're engaging in conversations with others, those conversations dominate your interests, your hobbies, the the things that you're engaged in, whatever it might be, right? That could easily be a sign of pride. That's self-centeredness, right? Every conversation, I somehow, I'm going to get in the driver's seat and I'm going to steer it towards something that I'm involved in. I'm going to steer it towards something that has to do with my interest, my activities, my hobbies, my achievements, whatever. That could be a sign of pride. Now, I don't want us to get locked up and to be just always thinking about, okay, can I share anything about my life? I mean, I don't want us to get locked up in that, but just think about this critically, right? If your conversations often revolve around yourself, that could be a good indicator that there is pride in your heart. This is a struggle for me oftentimes when I am talking about even like ministry. Sometimes I think to myself, can I have a conversation that doesn't have to do with ministry? Because this is my life and I struggle with that. And, And so sometimes it takes a lot for me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Not in even an angry sense, but in a sense of like, man, I'm so quick to tell others about what's going on in my life. I should be seeking to ask what's going on in their lives. That's humility. Even Jesus says that, right? To count others more significant than yourself. So ask yourself, does the conversations, do the conversations that you're engaged in, do you dominate them? Is it always about you, your interests, your hobbies? Are you self-centered when you talk to other people? That could be a sign of pride in your life. Another sign, thirdly, is perhaps the way that you speak to or treat others. This is a really clear indicator of perhaps pride in your life. If you are often unkind or critical or you have a harsh spirit towards others, that is a sign of pride. Because again, oftentimes our critiques of others, we're often trying to elevate ourselves, make ourselves feel better, look better, seem better than we are. And so we are quick to point our fingers. We're quick to be unkind. We're quick to be critical because we want to make ourselves feel better about things that we do or maybe insecurities that we have. So if the way that you speak to people, the way that you treat others, maybe outwardly, 
the ways, the words that you say, the actions that you do, or perhaps inwardly, the ways that you think about people. If it's often unkind, critical, and harsh in spirit, that could be a good sign, again, that there's pride in your heart that needs to be dealt with. Another one, fourthly, and some of, some of these may not apply to you, maybe all of them do to one degree or another, uh, but jealousy or envy of others. Now, I know uh, this can look a, a lot of different ways for a lot of different people, but if you look across the aisle at someone else and you say, I wish I had their talent. I wish that people talked to me and pursued me the way that they talked to them and pursued them. I wish that I was as attractive as they were. I wish that I had the the body type that they have. I wish that I had the confidence that they have. I wish that I had the athleticism that they have. Whatever it might be, if you're looking at someone else with jealousy and envy in your heart, that is a sign of pride. And here's even a good way, a good litmus test for this. When someone in your circle has recognition given to them that's not given to you, how do you respond to that, both externally and internally? So when someone in your circle gets praise or says, hey, gets acknowledged or recognized for something, what's going on in your heart during that moment? Are you rejoicing with them, saying, I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad. Praise the Lord that you have been recognized in these ways. God has clearly gifted you in these areas. Or in your heart, are you saying, why am I not being recognized? Why am I not receiving that type of feedback? Why have I not been asked to be a part of that team? Or why was I not asked to, to be in the, the, on the, the worship team or on the student leadership team? Or why wasn't I given that award? Or why, why don't people talk about me or, or say things about me in the way that they say things about others? That's jealousy and envy, and that's rooted in pride. Signs of pride, again, in our lives that we need to be critically thinking about. Here's another one. This one's also interesting. Uh, Superficiality is what I said, right? A lack of authenticity. Uh, So if you struggle to be real with other people, I mean, ever, right? If you're overly concerned with what people think of you, so much so that your actions are controlled by that fear of what other people think about you. You struggle to be authentic. You struggle to share what's really on your heart, the, the things that you are going through, the things that you're wrestling with. If it's always superficial, if it's always about jokes, if it's always lighthearted, and there's never a moment when you let that down and you are honest and vulnerable, that could be a sign of pride. No, I get it. I get relationships and I get you're not comfortable with certain people. I understand that. There's some caveats here. But if you never, ever share anything in an authentic way in community as God designed it, that's a sign of pride. So if you struggle with superficiality, right, you're just always on the surface. You're never getting to things that actually matter. That could be a sign of pride. One more thing as we think about signs of pride in our lives. Last is attention-seeking. Attention-seeking. Now, for people your age, one of the most common ways that this happens is through humor. Often ill-timed humor, I'll say that. Ill-timed humor. Uh, So attention-seeking. What context, what environment, what we're doing, I'm going to insert a joke because I want the immediate affirmation of people laughing at me. Again, there's nothing wrong with making jokes, right? I, I make lighthearted jokes just as much as the next guy, but there can be uh, a prideful aspect of this where we're seeking validation from others through our humor. 
right? And so we can't put it aside. We can't switch into maybe a more serious or authentic mode because we're always looking for that high of someone validating me, someone giving me attention. And certainly that could be done through humor. Oftentimes it could be done through foolish decisions, right? I'm going to do certain things or I'm going to act in certain ways that are just plain foolish because I want people to give me attention. It's interesting, actually, I've known people, and I want to be sensitive here, but I've known people who have actually used mental health as a way to get attention. Like mental health struggles that were genuinely real, but leveraged them in a way, in their pride, to get attention on themselves, which feels very backwards, and in some ways it is, uh, but I've seen people do that. Even something as serious as mental health struggles, that can be even used in a prideful, twisted sense for attention seeking. And again, that's not everyone, but I've seen that over the years. Foolish decisions, even the ways that you treat people, right? It's all uh, attention seeking. What are people going to think of me? What validation can I receive in this moment through my humor, through my actions, my foolish decisions, uh, even through the way that I talk about my struggles? Am I seeking constant attention? That could be a sign of pride. Now, the question for you that I want you to, to ask and answer this evening is what fuels pride? Think about that. Uh, what is it in your life that fuels pride? Because if pride connects to every other sin, and in a way, I've already said, pride is something that we can never grow beyond, what fuels it? I mean, what causes it? Well, what, what fans the flame, so to speak? Well, I have a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, and this is on the screen for you as well, and this is obvious, uh, but it's sin, right? Plain and simple. Sin fuels our pride. Think about even the garden in Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve uh, engaged in the first sin. It was rooted in pride, right? Because Satan is asking these questions to Eve saying, did God really say God doesn't want you to know the things that God knows? God knows that if you eat this fruit, you're going to have the knowledge of good and evil like he does. God's keeping something good for you. And in their pride, wanting something, even jealousy and envy, feeling like they were due in that moment, the first sin that entered, that allowed sin to enter into the world was rooted in pride. So our sin nature, we're all born with the sin nature, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our sin fuels our pride. But even more practically than that, Oftentimes, even in Scripture, we see a power and position fueling pride. That's number two, right, on the screen. Power and position. So oftentimes, how much power or influence do we have? How many people know our names? How do people uh, respond to us? Or what kind of authority do I have? That can certainly fuel pride. Or what position do I have, right? If, if I'm some sort of leader or some sort of figure that I feel like is worthy of honor or whatever, recognition and, and praise, I can often grow in pridefulness. So power and position, certainly. But there can also be a, a spiritual pride. That's third on the screen. There can be a spiritual pride that the Pharisees, as we've read even in the Gospel of Mark, they struggled with this. Jesus literally had to tell them, hey, when you pray, don't stand in the middle of the street so that people see you. I mean, imagine that. Imagine I went out in the highway and was just out there with my eyes closed praying because I wanted all the cars passing me to see how spiritual I was, like how foolish that would be. Right? I mean, that's what the, the, the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees, that's what they were doing during Jesus' day. They wanted to flaunt their spirituality. Look at how spiritual I am. 
Look at how godly I am. Look at how much of the Bible that I read. Look at how consistent I am in my prayer life. Even something that is meant for good can fuel our pride. Right? We can be prideful in our spiritual walk with Christ. I've been walking with the Lord longer than you, or I, I know more about the Bible than you, or I know this fancy theological word that you don't know, or I could talk about theology all day. I mean, whatever. They, those things can fuel our pride. Wealth and possessions can also often fuel our pride. Your house is how big? How many rooms do you have? Where do you live? You live in South Meridian? No, not South Meridian, not on the other side of the freeway. That's more of an adult joke. Maybe you guys don't get that. But the adults in the room are like, no, not South Meridian. But we're there. wealth and possessions, right? Like things that we have, the, the nice toys that we have, the cars that we drive, the clothes that we wear, all of our, the, the things that we have in this life, they can cause us to feel prideful, right? Our wealth, our possessions, where we live, all that good stuff. Our achievements, our accomplishments. That's next on the screen, right? The things that we've been able to do, the jobs that we ultimately inevitably will have as you, as you grow, uh, the, the, the accomplishments, the recognition, all of that can grow uh, your pride. And even lastly, and this connects to even your spirituality, is the knowledge that you have or the learning that you've done. I have three degrees, which I know in Idaho, nobody cares about degrees. <laughs> But some people care about degrees. I got a PhD in whatever. I have two PhDs. I went to college and I graduated in three years. I came in as a junior because I took so many college classes when I was a homeschooler and had so much time, right? I mean, whatever. Knowledge and learning can certainly fuel our pride. So our sin, our power, our position, our spirituality, our wealth, our possessions, our achievements, our accomplishments, our knowledge, our learning, all of these things can fuel our pride pride. And these are things I'm, I'm trying to be extensive in the list that I'm giving you because I want you to, to really evaluate your own heart. Am I prideful? And the answer is yes. So, they, so then the question becomes, how am I prideful? What are the things in my life uh, that are fueling my pride or how is it showing up specifically in my, 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 in my life? So the next question that I have is how do I identify and uproot pride in my life. This is also on the screen for you. How do I identify and uproot pride in my life? Well, the first one that I would say is to pray for the Lord to humble you. To pray for the Lord, that, that prayer that's in the psalm, search me, O Lord, and see if there be any wicked way in me. There's a prayer that you can literally just pray. It's very simple. You could say, Lord, show me how I am prideful. Lord, reveal to me areas of pride in my life. Small, big, everything in between. Lord, I want to know. I want you to search me. I want you to do the uncomfortable work of revealing to me. Perhaps it's through someone else. Perhaps it's through someone else telling me, coming up and confronting me. Perhaps it's you just bringing it up and surfacing it in my mind, in my heart. Lord, show me where I am prideful. This is the place that we have to start asking the Lord to reveal it to us because here's what I'll tell you. The Lord will be faithful to do this. Here's the other thing I'll tell you. It will be uncomfortable, <laughs> but it's good. The Lord will be faithful to answer this prayer. How, to, how do we know what our pride is or how can we identify it? We ask the Lord, Lord, reveal it to me. Show me in my heart, show me in areas of my life, through my words, my actions, my pursuits. Lord, how am I prideful? Show me and teach me. See if there be any wicked way in me. That's the first thing. The, the second thing, which is interesting, is to intentionally think about and pursue others. 
Intentionally think about and pursue others. Now you might be saying, okay, how is intentionally thinking about and pursuing others, how is that going to help me identify pride in my life? Well, the first thing I would say is if you struggle with this, if you struggle to intentionally think about and pursue others, that in and of itself is a sign of pride in your life, right? Because even scripture says to think of others, to consider others more significant than yourself. And if you struggle with that, that could be a sign of pride. But here's the other thing that I would say. The, the way that God has designed us is that the habits that we form and the disciplines that we pursue, they shape our thinking and our affections. And so even if we just force ourselves prayerfully, but we force ourselves, I'm going to think about others. I'm going to be intentional with others. I'm going to pursue others. and I'm going to do it again and again. I'm going to ask the Lord to help me. I'm going to be consistent in the word. I'm going to try to, to think of others as more significant than myself. You are going to grow in humility because you are going to grow in considering others more significant than yourself. So how do I identify and uproot pride in my life? Intentionally think about and pursue others. And again, if that's difficult, if that doesn't come naturally, which for most of us it doesn't, that can be an easy way for you to say, oh man, I struggle with pride because I think mostly of myself, or at least I think of myself first and others second. But the Bible says, consider others more significant than yourself. So intentionally think about and pursue others. Develop that habit and that discipline because it's going to shape your thinking and ultimately your affections. Here's the third thing. How do you identify and uproot pride in your life? You got to increase your view of God. You have to increase your view of God. Now, now how does this help us identify pride? Well, the the, the more that we understand about God and the, the, the the greater view of him that we have, the more that we will understand about ourselves and the more humble we will become because we will understand really in comparison to God, we are nothing. I mean, Isaiah 6 uh, verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And Isaiah responds in verse 5, he says, Woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah gets a look at God, and he understands who God is rightly, and so he understands who he is in response to that. So if we want to grow in identifying and uprooting pride, we have to increase our view of God. We also, next, we have to maintain a proper view of self. And this is the passage that I've been quoting for you, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. We grow in identifying the uprooting pride by maintaining a proper view of ourselves. Who is God said that we are? We're created in the image of God. Yes, we have worth. Yes, we have value. But God's word says we are not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. We have to maintain a high view of God and a proper view of self. We also have to pursue humility, ultimately through pursuing holiness. We pursue humility by pursuing holiness. If you're growing in a relationship with Christ, as a byproduct of that, what will naturally happen is you will grow in humility. 
as your view of God increases, as your love and, and affections for Christ deepen, your humility will grow. As your holiness grows, as you grow in a deepened walk with Christ, your humility will grow because you will grow to be more like Christ. And Christ demonstrated the ultimate humility even in that same passage in Philippians 2, right? In Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Pursue humility through a deepened relationship with Christ. Next, we identify and uproot pride by being quick to confess and repent. First John 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And as we engage in the process of identifying our pride, confessing it, repenting it to, uh, of it to the Lord, God will give us grace in that moment. He will forgive us of that sin and he'll equip us and give us the strength that we need to have victory over pride and growing in humility moving forward. Finally, the last thing, as we think about identifying and uprooting pride in our lives, is we have to receive and welcome feedback with grace. We as believers, we are not saved only as individuals. I mean, we certainly are saved as individuals, but we are saved and placed into a community. It's called the body of Christ. And God's design for the body of Christ is for us to sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. And as a part of that process is there will be times, whether it's an adult or a peer to a peer, where you will receive feedback from someone else that will, that will not be fun. <laughs> where it's going to be someone pointing out sin in your life or encouraging you to grow in certain areas, to grow in humility, you have to receive and welcome that feedback with grace. Don't get defensive. Don't fight it. Don't try to explain it away. Don't point your fingers at other at others. Receive that and welcome it with grace. Because listen, as we started with in the beginning, uh, C.S. Lewis tells us, right, that pride is the essential vice, the utmost evil, right? Everything uh, that flows from pride is, is sin. It's anger. It's selfishness. It's lust. It's, it's all of those things that are connected to our pride. Pride is at the root of all sin. And if we're going to have victory over pride, we have to be consistently praying that prayer, Lord, search me, know my heart, reveal this to me. I want to uproot this in my life so that I can be more like Christ, so that I can have victory not just over my pride, but over every other sin that I struggle with. This is almost like the domino effect that can help us in all areas of the Christian life. And my hope for you throughout this series is as we think about specific sin struggles is that you do the specific and intentional work of identifying that those areas in your life where you struggle with that sin, confessing it, repenting of it to the Lord, and experiencing freedom in Christ as the Lord allows. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for even just the challenge and the conviction of knowing that pride is present in all of our lives to one degree or another. So Father, I pray that the students before me, that they would do the difficult work of thinking critically about areas in their life where they experience pride, uh, where they struggle with pride, where they perhaps think of themselves 
more highly than they ought to, where they think they are due some sort of recognition or praise or whatever it might be. Father, I pray that we would all together as a ministry, that we would grow in humility, that we would intentionally think of and pursue others, that we would count them as more significant than ourselves, that we would follow the example of Christ uh, by walking in humility, by putting to death the pride in our lives and experiencing the freedom that is offered in Christ over even the sin of pride. I pray all these things in your son's precious name. Amen.